This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Well, we had an awesome time with Brother Julius this morning. I mean, that was a word from heaven right there. I, I know that that uh, was for so many people. I know that that was for for all of us that were there this morning. But uh, like Dad said, take advantage of the podcast, man. That should be on there by tomorrow at some point. And, uh, and listen to that message and get that into you. It was awesome. Well, tonight my title is this. My title is A Cup of Encouragement. Yes, A Cup of Encouragement. I made a PowerPoint, but I forgot to bring it over here. So let's party like it's 1899 and do this thing. Let's get real. So... uh so the title is A Cup of Encouragement, and I'm going to uh, re- really be looking through the book of Isaiah tonight. That's one of my favorite books of the Bible. And I, I mean, there was one summer, it was two years ago, that I, I, just, I was stuck in Isaiah for three solid months. Every, I read it several times in that period, and I can tell you, if you look in my Bible at the book of Isaiah, you're going to see a lot of yellow highlights and a lot of red, because there's just there's so much in there that I had, that I had just gone over for all these years, but... But we're going to look tonight at some encouragement, and I didn't know that Julius was going to really bring the encouragement this morning, but he did. And, uh, and I know that there's some things that God wants to say to you tonight. Now, King Solomon said something interesting. He said, there is nothing new under the sun. Now, that's kind of hard for us to comprehend a little bit, because we always... We always hear things like, ah, oh, we've seen that before, and, and blah, blah, blah. There, 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 there's, there's, there's nothing new. And, and, and some people have that train of thought, but then there's some people that are like, man, look at this. We're, we're doing things we've never done before. And yes, technology has advanced, and, 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 and the world in some ways has advanced so far. But yet, Solomon said, there's nothing new under the sun. And that's absolutely the truth. Now, there may be new technology, there may be new electronics that Solomon didn't have in his day, but what I'm trying to tell you is the devil has no new tricks in his book. He's doing the same thing today that he did thousands of years ago. He's trying to get people to lie, cheat, and steal. He's trying to get people to lust. Now, there may be new ways of achieving those goals. You may be able to have, you can do all those nasty things right from your phone in your pocket, and you couldn't have done that before, but it's the same bag of tricks that he's been trying to get people to fall for for thousands of years. I want to look at something here tonight. My opening verse is going to be this, is Isaiah chapter 25. Let's flip over there, Isaiah 25. And I just I want to build you up. I want to encourage you tonight. And I want you to get some strength for the week ahead. I want you to get some strength for the month ahead. I want you to close out 2019. We're already at the latter half of the year, people. So I'm telling you, we're going to charge into the to the rest of 2019 with encouragement, and we're going to absolutely conquer this year. But uh, Isaiah chapter 25, and we're going to uh, pull up verse 9 here. Isaiah 25. I'm going to be in the NLT, I believe, all night long here. Uh, Isaiah chapter 25 and verse 9. And this is one of those verses that I, I read this, and I was like, my gosh. That is good stuff right there. Isaiah 25, verse 9, it says, In that day, the people will proclaim, This is our God. We trusted in Him, and He saved us. Oh, man. Have you, man, maybe you've been through the battle before. Maybe you've been through the storm. And when you look back, in that day, you say, This is my God. I trusted Him, and He came through for me once again. We trusted in Him, and He saved us. 
this is the Lord in whom we trusted. Let us rejoice in the salvation he brings. And, and, and there's so many times I can look back over my life and I could just use that one verse right there. This is my God. I trusted in him and I'm glad that I did because he came through for me yet again. He beat cancer out of my life. He beat poverty out of my life. He beat depression. He beat all these things out of my life because I trusted him. And so I've got three brief points tonight that uh, they're straight out of Scripture. I wish I had had them on the screen because they're kind of long. But the first one is this. Number one, I'm, I'm bringing encouragement now, okay? I'm locked and loaded and ready to encourage you and get you the joy of the Lord tonight, okay? So be ready. Don't fight this. Receive this. Number one is that we are surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. I didn't make this up. I'm not that smart. I just got this straight out of the Bible. Number one, you need to realize that we are surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. And so let's look at Isaiah 26 and verse 1. So you're just going to be a couple verses over here. Isaiah 26 and verse 1. And it says this, in that day. What day? Well, I say July 21st, 2019. Let's make it that day. In that day... Everyone in the land of Judah, or I'm going to say everyone in the land of Barstow will sing this song. Our city is strong. We are surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. That's it right there. I'm talking about we are surrounded. Now, it'd be great if, you know, man, I've got God on either side of me. That's pretty good right there. I don't just have God on my left hand and on my right hand. He goes before me and he follows me. I am surrounded on all four corners by the walls of God's salvation. That's good stuff. I mean, I'd, I'd be happy to just be, surra- be surrounded by, by anything. But listen to me. The walls of God's salvation. Don't let that fly over your head right there. You know, I, I think about a story that I share a lot of times is in Second Kings 6. We're not turning there, but Second Kings 6. Remember the prophet Elisha and his servant. They're surrounded by the, 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 the armies of Aram. They're coming in and they're closing in. And the servant goes outside and he says, Elisha, we are dead meat. Because look. Here comes armies on on every side of us. They're coming in and they're they're they've got one goal and that's to capture us. And then Elisha says, "Oh my gosh, this kid's still not getting it. He he's not seeing it." And so Elisha prays this prayer. He says, "Oh Lord God, would you just open my servant's eyes for just a minute here and let him see the truth? Would you let him see what I'm seeing right now?" And so for just a minute, his spiritual eyes were opened, and when he opened his eyes, he saw that they were surrounded on every side, not by the enemy. They were surrounded by horses and chariots of fire. It was the Lord of hosts. It was the heavenly host. They were surrounded. And so some people are like, man, I'm surrounded. I might be surrounded, but I'm surrounded by the army of God. That's what I'm surrounded by. And so Elisha said, are you serious, kid? There's more on our side than there is against us. And a lot of times, When we have the wrong outlook, when we're totally just focusing on the problems, we're like, man, I'm surrounded. Everybody's against me. And you need to understand what the truth is. The truth is there's more for you than there is against you. If you could open your spiritual eyes for just one minute and see 
what it is that's surrounding you, the army of God. And we're not talking about cute little angels. We're talking about warriors with swords and fire and chariots. We're talking about the heavenly host that surrounds you on every side. And so the best way Isaiah knew how to put it was we're surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Well, salvation, what, 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 what's up with that? Because usually if I say salvation, someone's like, there we go, salvation, my ticket to heaven. Well, that's one part of salvation, but you don't realize that salvation is a much bigger word than that. Now, I would say that's my happiest thing about salvation is that I'm going to heaven. But really, the Greek word is soteria, and that means deliverance, preservation, safety, salvation, soteria. That's what that it's all those things. And so the first thing is it's it's deliverance. You've been delivered from whatever it is that's tried to hold you back in this life. Now, I know some people don't get excited about the word deliverance because they've never been bound by something. But when you've had something that's tried to hold you back and you've been delivered, you hear that word and you about run around the building because you understand what it's like to be a prisoner and then be delivered and be set free. That does something if you've ever been bound by something or someone. And so salvation means not only are you going to heaven, you've been delivered in this life on this earth from whatever it is that's tried to hold you back. You don't have to be a prisoner anymore. Preservation. Well, what what does preservation mean? That means God is going to preserve you. That means God is going to take care of you until you finally cross those gates and get into heaven right there. You have preservation. You have safety and provision right here on planet earth. Because a lot of people, especially people that have been in church a really long time and have fallen into the trap of judging God's word based on their own experience rather than simply judging God's word on God's word. They'll say stupid things like, I I know, listen, you're all excited about all these, about healing and health and prosperity and, and deliver. That's fine. And those things will happen in the sweet by and by. That will happen when you get to heaven. Well, how come Jesus said, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven? How come he said that? Somebody should have informed Jesus that what he did wasn't good enough to apply to this earth. But listen to me. It was good enough. And if Jesus is powerful enough to save my soul from hell, he's powerful enough to heal my body on planet earth because he's done it. He's powerful enough to bring me the peace and the joy and the provision that I need right here on planet earth. And so salvation, it's more than just a ticket to heaven. It's deliverance. It's preservation. It's safety. We can expect God to protect us. Man, Psalm 91 every day. You know, we had these earthquakes going on and stuff, and people are absolutely freaking out and flipping out. And I'm like, hey, I don't want that to happen. I don't want that. But listen, I'm not afraid that I'm going to get swallowed up into the earth. Why? Because I'm righteous. Because I'm living for God. And so are you. Amen. God's God's going to protect the righteous. He always takes care of the righteous. He makes a way of escape. And so that's part of my salvation package is the safety feature. I signed up for the deluxe combo. I, I just went ahead and said, give me the supreme. Give me the whole thing. I want all the fixings. I want everything that comes with salvation. I'll take it all, Jesus. And Jesus did it. And Jesus paid it all. And so when we're talking about 
our encouragement tonight from Isaiah, you need to realize that we are surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. And number two, God will keep you in perfect peace. Is there anybody that's ever at least for five minutes of your life not had perfect peace? Yes, yes, brother, yes. Listen to me. I've had those moments. You've had those moments. And I can tell you right now, there is nothing in this world that is better than God keeping you in perfect peace. And so Isaiah 26, verse 3. We're already in Isaiah 26. Why don't we just look over a couple verses here? Isaiah 26 and verse 3. It says, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Perfect peace. Say that with me tonight. Perfect peace. We're talking about perfect peace. Now notice there was two conditions to receiving this perfect peace. What were they? It's for all who trust in God and all whose thoughts are fixed on you. And I've said it before and I'll say it again. The only way that we don't have perfect peace is if we aren't trusting in God and if our thoughts aren't fixed on him. Now, again, that's a harsh statement. And it's like, well, I don't. Well, it says it right there. He'll keep in perfect peace all. That means everybody who trusts in him and whose thoughts are fixed on him, he will keep them in perfect peace. And so if there's ever a moment in my life where I'm like, man, I'm just missing out. I, I don't have that peace right now. Something's going on. I, I mean, I may be going through a storm or something, but. I should still have the peace of God. If there's ever a time where I'm not having the peace of God, the first thing that I'm going to examine is, come on, are my thoughts really fixed on him right now? Or are my thoughts fixed on the storm? Because if we were to be honest, a whole lot of the time, our thoughts are not fixed on him. And this is what trips a whole lot of people out, because we are responsible for our thoughts. Jesus, he came, he, he, he cleansed us, he, he, he redeemed our spirit. Jesus came and, and washed us by his blood, our spirit. But we're still responsible for our thoughts, for our mind, for our soul. It says you're to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You're supposed to take care of that. Jesus cleaned your spirit. You have to clean up your mind. You need a brain bath. Well, how do you do that? Through the washing of the water of the word, according to Ephesians. You have to wash yourself in the word of God every single day because we live in a really dirty world. And every day, it doesn't take long. You know, you could be like like some people like, man, got to take a bath already. I already took one this month. Hey, don't be like that. Okay, you wouldn't be like that, naturally speaking, hopefully, but. There's a lot of people like, man, is it time to go to church again? We just went last month. Oh, my gosh. Is it time to read my Bible again? I read it last week. I read it three days ago. That's good. But listen, you need to wash yourself in the word every single day because you get dirty. You get out there into this world. Thoughts try to come in. Things happen. You need to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You have got to take responsibility over your thoughts. And he said, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed, fixed on you. 
you need to keep your thoughts fixed on him. Let's go to the New Testament briefly here. John 14, 27. We're going to come back to Isaiah, but John 14 and verse 27, because this is a, a verse that you need to know. This is straight from the mouth of Jesus. John 14. John 14 and verse 27. But we're talking about having the perfect peace of God. Perfect peace. There is nothing better than this. John 14 and verse 27. Here's what Jesus said. He said, I am leaving you with a gift. You mean you're going to leave us a whole bunch of money, Jesus? Well, that's fine, but but it, no, it's, it's got to be better than that. You mean you're going to leave us a bunch of real estate? Well, that's cool. You mean you're going to leave us? No. He said, I'm leaving you with a gift when I go. It's peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world can't give. So don't be troubled. Don't be afraid. And, of course, he's talking to his disciples. He kept trying to prep them that, hey, I'm going to die. I mean, he, he gave them so much advance warning, but it kept flying over their heads. And he says, don't be troubled. Don't be afraid. I'm leaving you with a gift when I go. I'm not leaving you empty handed. I'm going to give you peace of mind and heart. Well, mind means soul. Heart means spirit. I'm going to leave you peace for your soul and peace for your spirit. And the world can't give that to you. So many people are looking for something in this world that the world has absolutely no ability to give them. They're searching everywhere. Maybe it's over here. You're not going to find it, man. It doesn't exist. You're searching for a unicorn. It's not real. It doesn't exist outside of Jesus. He said, the peace I give, it's for your heart and your mind. And this world can't give it to you. Don't be troubled. Don't be afraid. And so in this cup of encouragement, I'm trying to tell you that you're surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. You're totally surrounded right now. And you also need to know that God will keep you in perfect peace if you'll keep your thoughts on him. If you'll trust in him. And the third thing is this. Number three. And I love this. For those who are righteous, the way is not steep and rough. For those who are righteous, the way is not steep and rough. Now, again, I didn't make that up. That's straight out of scripture. I'm getting ready to show you that. Because that goes contrary to what a lot of people believe. Oh, the way is steep and rough, brother. Yes, we'll get to heaven someday. But the way is steep and rough. That is, when someone says that to me, I can't tell you that the intense feeling of choke slam that comes on me. I'm like, boom, just someone set up a folding table. They need to go through it. Listen, that is stupid. That is against the word of God, because right here, let's flip back to Isaiah 26. That's our chapter right now. Isaiah 26 and verse seven. Now, for a lot of people, the way is steep and rough. I know people that struggle every day of their lives until it's all over with. But that's not what God set up for them. That's because they chose or something to go that path. But right here, Isaiah 26 and verse 7. Do we have any righteous people in the house tonight? That's not prideful. That, that All you're doing is agreeing with the word of God. So if, if you raise your hand and, and that's not boasting in you, that's saying Jesus was so good that he made this guy right here the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. 
All you're doing is agreeing with the word of God when you say that you're a righteous person. Isaiah 26 and verse 7, it says, but for those who are righteous, well, if you're righteous, say amen. For those who are righteous, the way is not steep and rough. You are a God who does what is right and you smooth out the path ahead of them. You smooth it out. It doesn't have to be steep and rough. You know, David said in Psalm 139, he said, every day of my life was planned out before a single day had passed. And so some people are like, well, if God planned it all out, well, how come all this happened? Well, I'm telling you, God did plan every day of your life out. He had his plans before you were ever born. Now, a lot of I've had a lot of days that I know I did something stupid and made things happen that it wasn't the plan of God for that day. Because God did plan every day out, and he said he will smooth out the path for me. But sometimes we wandered off of the path that he had smoothed out. There's a smooth path right there if we would have just stayed on it. But we decided, well, I think I'd rather go this rocky way right here. It seems a lot, makes more sense to me. Or I'd rather go through the snow, or I'd rather go through all this. And, and hey, it shouldn't have to be that way. Because it tells us right here that he will smooth out the path ahead of them. And notice again, there's a qualifier for this verse. This is for those who are righteous. I have people come all the time and say, man, all this happened and, and this happened over here and, and this happened and, 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 and they're mad at God. Yet they don't believe in him. What? You're mad at something you don't believe in. Again, I'm not to pick on unicorn people, but I've never been mad at a unicorn. I don't believe they exist. I, you know, I, uh, there's, a, I, I've never said all oh, those stupid things. They've ruined everything for me. They ain't real. Okay. And so listen though, listen, there's people that are just getting mad at God and blaming him. And uh, I don't even believe in him, but, but he did all this and made this happen. That, that's an oxymoron. That, that doesn't make any sense. Listen to me. This verse tells us for those who are righteous, for those who have received Jesus, for those who are living for Jesus, the way does not have to be steep and rough. Because he will smooth out the path ahead of his children. And I want to show you one last verse tonight. And that's in 2 Corinthians 12 and verse 9. 2 Corinthians 12 and verse 9. Because I want to, I want to bring this to the New Testament here. 2 Corinthians 12 and verse 9. And here's what the apostle had to say. But we need to get a hold of this, man. That God wants good for you. God wants good for you. There's so many people that have some sort of a complex and, and they're always convinced that God's mad at them. And you've got to get through that. You've got to stop thinking that all the time. And you've got to see yourself as being the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Second Corinthians 12, 9. And here's Paul. And this is a profound verse right here. Because he was going through some stuff. And and verse 9 says, each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I'm glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. Well, what is grace? That's a big topic to try to tackle right there. That's a a 30-part series to try to really fully understand grace. But the most basic definition of grace is this unearned favor or help unearned you don't deserve it 
I don't deserve what Jesus did for me. Why did the perfect guy have to die for the messed up guy? It's not fair. I didn't, and I couldn't earn it. There's nothing I could do to earn that, but Jesus still did it anyway. This is grace. It's undeserved favor, undeserved help. You're going to heaven, but it's not because you deserve to be there. You're going because Jesus came and laid down his life. And he didn't do it after you had already cleaned up and gotten good. He did it while you were really bad. He did it while I was really messed up. Jesus came while we were yet sinners and gave his life for us. But notice here, he says, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. And so basically to, to paraphrase what Jesus was saying to Paul, when you quit relying on your own strength and admit you can't do it on your own, my strength and my grace will kick into action. And that's all you need. Because there's so many people that are just trying to fix it all on their own. When you need to realize you can't. All you need is his grace. No, I mean, that's a very black and white sentence that Jesus said right there. My grace is all you need. He didn't say my grace plus some of this plus this over here and add some of this. Make sure you go and get some of this. Grab this and that. And you add all that together. Then you got it. He said, my grace is all you need, man. My power works best in your weakness. And so when I can get to the place in life and lay down my pride and finally say, you know what, Jesus, I am going to rely on you. I'm not I'm obviously not handling this on my own. I'm going to rely on you and on your grace. That's when Jesus says, there we go. That's it. It's time for my now I can really do what I want to do. In your life, my my grace, my power works best in weakness. And so I'm encouraging you tonight with this, that no matter what it is you feel like, you may feel like you're surrounded. But listen, you are surrounded, but it's by the walls of God's salvation on every side of you. And you also need to realize the second thing we said is God will keep you in perfect peace if you trust in him and your thoughts are fixed on him. And the third thing is this. The way is not steep and rough for those who are righteous. God will himself smooth out the path ahead of you. So take this to the bank tonight, man. Take this home. I hope you wrote these verses down because we did you a real solid and gave you some of the best verses that you could stand on for this week. God wants to do some great things in your life, but you got to let go of the control and give it over to him and say, hey, Jesus, take the wheel. Come on, do something with this. Jesus, it's all yours. I'm giving it to you. Can I get an amen tonight? Let's give the Lord a shout of praise together. Amen. All right, we're going to go ahead and stand up together. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.